Good morning, everybody, and welcome to this fantastic Friday edition of Bobcat Radio. I'm your host, Thomas Terry, and today I have with me my producer, Justin Brown, and my wonderful co-host, David Castaneda and Orlando Smart. We have got a spectacular show planned out for you today where we'll talk about some Bobcat and Rattler sports, as well as some national news today, if time permits. Before we get started, though, let's throw it to David with a word from our sponsor. Twin Peaks Restaurant and Sports Bar is a sponsor of this broadcast of Bobcat Radio. Located on the northbound frontage road of I-35 at Guadalupe Street in San Marcos, Texas, Twin Peaks has bites, wings, burgers, sandwiches, and more. Info and menu at TwinPeaksRestaurant.com. Twin Peaks, eats, drinks, scenic views. Thank you, Orlando. My bad. I got those two mixed up there. <laughs> Let's go ahead and hop into some San Marcos High School men's basketball. Today, they're taking on the Warm Warriors in Northwest San Antonio today at 5.30 p.m. I know you guys saw that blowout against Reagan. It was 62 to 46. I know they already recapped it, but let's kind of go back through it a little bit again. How do you guys feel about that going into this game today? I mean, that's the win you want to see right after playing against a team like Westlake. You know, this was a rival they had for years and someone they could barely get over against. They win that game by, by I think, eight points, I believe. And then they go into this next round and the Reagan Rattlers. I mean, this was a good team and they're out here blowing them out by eight. What is it? 16 points. I mean, that is a huge win. And that's the momentum you need if you're coach Dan Miller. And, you know, these players, I mean, look at them. I mean, Caden Gums doing huge things. That's a Texas State commit. You have Malik Presley, Javen Kofer, um, just some really good players on this team that I don't think they're any way of slowing down. And these are some seniors. So this is their last year playing. So they're going to play the best they can. Yeah, definitely. Going going into the game, uh, one thing that I felt that the San Marcos Rattlers really needed to focus on was that coming from the Reagan Rattlers, that after their top three scores, their their team kind of falls off production-wise. And so I felt like if the San Marcos Rattlers could kind of hold those top three guys in check, they'd be able to go on and win this game. And they that's exactly what they did. The uh, Reagan Rattlers' leading scorer, Aiden Richard, only had 17 points. Luke Price only had 15 points. And then Luke Mills had seven. And then after that, the production completely drops off. The next player has five. Uh, one other player scored one bucket. And then the rest of the team went scoreless. And then if you look over at San Marcos, the Rattlers, their team is just a lot more spread out and a lot more even. They didn't have every single player who played scored in that game. There wasn't just that one player dominating. Malik Presley obviously is the leader the leader of the team in points, but he had 11. Javen Kofer had 12. Caden Gums and Zaire had 11 points. So, I mean, it was very spread out between the San Marcos Rattlers. So I really feel like that's what they needed to do to capitalize that win. Yeah, I'd have to agree, Orlando. And last night looked a lot like a regular season game for them. Um, you know, we saw the game before that where they weren't able to score quite as much. I believe they had their season low. That looked like a playoff game, like two teams that were defensively sound. But last game they came out, and like they have done all season, they have set their pace, and they have made the game about them. They have set the pace and controlled the tempo, and that's exactly their style of basketball. They like to dominate the game and and really play it at their level and you know moving forward it's really hard to do that especially when you're this high in the bracket and you're facing such teams with athleticism that you know it's kind of harder to play play at your style but 
if they want to if they want to win it all that's that's the that's the approach they got to take yeah and that's actually one of the key or some of the multiple keys to the games that i have you know we have the rattlers they have to play their brand of basketball in order to keep advancing all the way to the state championship and also like you said david Caton Gums has to control the tempo. He's the floor general of this team. He's one of the best point guards in the state of Texas. You know, it's statistically proven. He can be he can be the Chris Paul for this team and lead them all the way. They have the potential to do that. But another thing that they have to do is hold the 6'8 senior, Jalen Crocker Johnson, in check for the Warren Warriors tonight. Jalen is averaging 22 points per game on 54% shooting, 12 rebounds per game, Sheesh. and almost two and a half blocks. How can uh, how can the Rattlers hold him in check? Well, this is what they're going to have to do. You know, they're going to have to double him, obviously, because, I mean, that's what's going to do. With any any offensive player that's really having a great show like that, you're going to have to double him. They'll find something to do. Maybe miss, get a good, you know, size matchup on him. Because I don't know how tall this guy is, but yeah. he sounds like he's pretty tall if he's averaging <laughs> two blocks a game. Six, eight. Six, eight. Golly. Wow. He's about four inches short of a seven footer. <laughs> and this guy, I mean, this team is on a 14 game win streak. So you think that's a big part of it, right? So, you know, I know the Rattlers here, they're probably going to be looking at footage, trying to prepare. How are they going to stop this guy? And, you know, when we talk about Dan Miller's brand of basketball, what is that? That's seven or seven seconds or less. You know, he's talking, we need making this. We need to make decisions within seven seconds. We need to know how we're going to run this offense right. within seven seconds. And this is a high scoring team because of it. And um, what they're going to have to do against the, you know, the Warren Warriors is just have have to shut him down by either doing film or running doubles right yeah i mean they're definitely gonna have their hands full with um jalen johnson but as well as the senior point guard Aiden mendez i mean when i'm looking at the warren warriors i feel like they're very similar to the san marcus rattlers in the sense that they're led by their two they're led by two seniors a forward and a guard one the forward putting up a lot of points rebounds that's very similar to malik presley and then they have a point guard running their show who's able to control the game how he likes, just like Caden Gums is. So I feel like those two players are, I feel like it's going to be a really good battle between the two leaders of both, the two senior leaders of both teams. Yeah, I don't know about y'all, but when I was in high school, senior in high school, I was not even six foot yet, you know, much less <laughs> six eight. And Justin, you're right, when you talk about it, having a guy that big is pretty tough to deal with especially at the high school level and it's not necessarily just scoring but you know if if they get a guy who can draw uh, double teams from inside the paint and create you know more cutting lanes or potentially some uh, some spots outside of the arc then that could be exactly what they need another thing you gotta factor in is rebounding you know this guy this guy's huge so if you if you put in uh, two guys two guys in the paint to you know kind of make sure you're securing a defensive rebound that creates a lot more um fast break opportunities yeah. for the other team and yeah. i mean they're just gonna have to figure it out but one thing about the rattlers is that's what they have done good all year is figure it out Absolutely. And another team that has figured it out as of late are the Texas State Bobcats, men's Bobcats. I mean, our own Joey Gonzalez was talking about it, how this team, although they were lackluster in the regular season, he felt like that they could be the team to turn it around inside of the conference playoffs here. And that's exactly what Texas State has done. They have took on as the 11th seed. They beat the sixth seed Old Dominion 65 to 36. Mm. 65 to 36. That's almost a 30 point blowout right there, guys. How are we what 
How are we feeling about this? I mean, this is the, you know, the the least amount of points the Bobcats have ever allowed in a game since 2015. I mean, that is what you want to wow. see in postseason play. And I mean, and you you, you also want to see players stepping up like your rookie Jordan Mason, who had, you know, a good double digits last game, had eight points here. And you have Mason Harrell stepping up as the senior floor leader. He has 20 points of his own, you know, and I just truthfully think this team is getting they're getting their chemistry correct at the right time. You know, they're going right in a tournament and they're, they're, they're the underdog here. No one's expecting them to do this. Right. No team is looking at film. So right now when they're going against Marshall, you know, they're playing against a guy named Tavion Kinsley. And this guy is, you know, possibly an NBA recruit. I mean, this guy is looking, he's highly drafted, highly ranked in draft class right now. And he's a prospective player. We saw Caden Kerfman, I think is his name. Yes. And he had seven for seven from the three point line. Last time these teams met and Mike D'Antoni was in the stands last time. So, you know, this team is not any easy team and uh, the Bobcats are really going to be prepared, but if they're blowing out teams by 20 in the tournament, you have to think they have something going on. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've been saying it all season, basically, just because the regular season wasn't going the way they wanted to. And that once they got to the tournament, that everyone's record was 0-0. Zero, zero. It was completely fresh slate and they could, it was anyone's game at that point. And so, like Joey was saying, that those last two seasons really kind of fizzled out in the worst way possible, winning the championship and then losing in the first round. So this is something that is kind of it's kind of shocking actually to see them like play this well after playing just not that well throughout the season. But I mean, they can like this is all they need is momentum. Like one thing I've noticed is that like they have Marshall coming up, but Marshall's last game before the last game of the regular season was against Old Dominion, and that was a t they lost to that. So it's not like this is just an unwinnable game for Texas State. They do have an NBA recruit on the other side, but if they can just continue playing like they've been playing in the tournament, then they can definitely beat this team. Yeah, I mean, you know, going up against Marshall, we saw what happened last time, and we're hoping that they could change their destiny in this, in this next game against Marshall. But we are going to go to a quick break. We'll be right back, though. You're listening to KTSW 89.9. Welcome back to KTSW Radio, Bobcat Radio. We are we were just talking about the men's basketball going up against Marshall, but a team that actually had their first round bye in the Sun Belt Conference playoffs right now is the Texas State women's team, and they are going up against Appalachian State tonight at 7.30 p.m. Now, Appalachian State is 11-19, but like I was telling you guys before the show started, we can't really look at records too much because we look at the men's record and we saw we see how they're performing now so what does texas state the women's team have to do in order to capitalize and get a w tonight well you know what i think they're going to have to do is not let that record get to them they finish in the sunbelt conference champions they're their first seed right here and you know they have a lot happening before they even go into the tournament zinnery antoine named head coach of the sunbelt I mean, named uh, head coach of the year of the Sun Belt. My apologies. And, um, you know, this team is just going to have to not look at that, 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 you know, being conference champs. They're going to have to come into this like they're the 11th seed, like the men's team is, because that's how you need to play. You know, you can't come in here thinking you just got this and you can just walk away with the win. And uh, I don't think that'll happen. You know, you have players like Danasia Hood, who in the last 10 games is averaging 18.8 points a game and 8.1 rebounds. I mean, that is an amazing player. You got Kennedy Taylor, the assist leader, Sunbelt Conference career all-time assist leader. So I think this team is just going to have to play what they're used to playing and play how they did at the end of the season, a three-game winning streak to end the season on the road. So, guys, you know, that's how I think they're going to have to perform. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I also want to, like you said, Coach Antoine um, winning the um, Sunbelt Coach of the Year, but I also want to give her a shout-out because this, is, this was the first 
um, Sun Belt <laughs> championship that she's won in the 12 years that she's been the head coach of the Texas State Bobcats. So definitely want to just give her a shout-out. And I think she'll definitely have the girls ready. I mean, she had them ready all season. And like you said, they are being they are being led by Nanasia Hood and Kennedy Taylor. And it kind of reminds me of San Marcos basketball again in the high school. They're they led by a point guard who's controlling the game at her own pace, a forward who can put up as many points as you need or as many rebounds as you need. And obviously that's just a great formula for winning basketball right now. So if they can just continue doing what they've been doing, they, this tournament should be – they should be able to control it like they did the regular season. Yeah, you said it, Orlando. Uh, they kind of just got to do what they got to do, you know. Um, if you're looking at it from a coach's perspective, the hard part's over. You know, you got the record that you needed to get yourself a bye going into the playoffs, and now you just got to play your brand of basketball. I mean, they've done it all season, you know. Um, and like you said, Justin, you know, you can't let that uh, get to your head. And, you know, we saw – we've seen it with uh, Sam Marcus basketball that – they don't let it get to their head. It's There's a reason you have that number next to your name. So just go out there, play your brand of basketball, and you should be all right. Yeah, we can expect a heavy dosage, heavy dosage of Denasia Hood, like you were saying, Justin. The last time that these two teams faced each other on January 5th, Denasia actually dropped 19 points against them. So mm-hmm. we can expect to see her and, like you said, Orlando, that point guard, elite point guard, Kennedy Taylor, who's going to get her other teammates involved as well. She is number 14 in the nation in the entirety of D1 women's basketball in assists per game. So that is an amazing feat to have accomplished there, and good luck to them for the rest of the way. We're going to transition over, though, to Texas State softball. They are currently 13-5 and on the year. I know they, man, 13-5 and is a hot start. How can they continue to be hot and continue to win games? I mean, what they're going to have to do is just play the way they've been playing like they did last year. I mean, this team, it has a lot of the same components as last year. Not like the baseball team who lost a lot of pieces. I mean, this team still has Sierra Trahan on it. You got Hannah Earls on there, and they're both the hitting leaders right now on this team. Sierra Trahan, actually the current hitting leader. I think she's hitting 397. You know, this is someone I went to high school with. Kind of crazy to see how well she's doing here on the collegiate level. I mean, I think it's really going to... I know I shouldn't be talking about one person right now, but I think these new these these young players that are on this team, like her, last year she was a freshman of the year in the Sunbelt Conference. I mean, they're really relying on these big hitters. Now, Jessica Mullen, she's going to have to step them into that pitching rotation that she was in last year. I mean, I witnessed her myself drop 14 strikeouts in a game, and that girl can do it. I mean, she's preseason Sunbelt Conference Player of the Year, um, I mean, Pitcher of the Year, so she has a lot of, you know, prowess on the mound but this softball team I mean to sweep the Texas State Classic like they did last weekend um, just really impressive performance you know they played against teams like UTSA Kansas Colorado Um, you know this is that was a pretty hard tournament for them and they really showed up so this Bobcat Bobcat team behind coach Ricky Woodard is just going to have to keep doing what they can behind the plate and on the mound yeah one thing I've noticed about the Bobcats is after a loss they always rally back and find a way to win the next game they haven't put up two back-to-back losses all season every time they every time they lose they go on to win at least the next two games so after that a sweep of the Texas Day class of yeah the Texas Day Classic they they did go out to um Florida and they just they lost to Winthrop but they then bounced back against FAU so another bounce back game against Penn is coming up so I think that or actually I think they're playing right now yeah they yeah I, they, yeah they pitched off well, yeah pitched off they threw the first pitch, I believe, at 9 o'clock Eastern time. <laughs> okay, so, so yeah, that game's underway right now. So if they've 
if this this game is going to go like any of the other ones, they'll definitely be able to bounce back and get a win out of Penn. Yeah, they. Uh, one thing about this softball team that we have seen this season and really last season as well is they are very resilient and they do not go down without a fight. Um, I talked about it on one of the BCRs that this is a team that likes to get their runs early in the game and whenever they're put in a tough position where where the other team you know kind of takes that first advantage they're willing to fight back and we have seen that throughout the entire season um you know I want to kind of touch on Jessica Mullins as well you know from the games that I have been able to call uh you know she's not quite having the season that we expected from her but um you know that can change and this team is really talented three people with a with a batting average over 300 and besides one person nobody has a, a batting average with a subpar uh 250 so you know hit it when the hitting is right and the pitching is right this is exactly what you get and like you got like you were saying david we have hannah earls batting 385 mm -hmm. sierra trahan batting 356 piper randolph batting 319 and sarah vanderford although she's batting 250 she has two home runs on the year and nine rbis so when you have three players like that that are hitting that well you're gonna win some ball games orlando yeah i just want to give an update um on that softball game so it ended about an hour ago texas state ended up winning nine to zero on the run on a run rule um, that ended the game. So, like I said, after a loss, they usually come back out dominating those next two games. So, and that's exactly what they did. That's what we need too, Orlando. They are currently in Boca Raton, Florida, in the Owl Classic. Like you said, they just beat Penn nine to zero, and they have another game in the doubleheader today against Illinois State at one p.m. Central Time, two o'clock Eastern. They split the doubleheader yesterday, but bouncing back is what the Bobcats do. But let's talk about Texas State baseball for a second. They are 6-2 and two to start the year. The season is still very early, but to start the year 6-2 and two is pretty good, guys, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, starting 6-2 and two is very impressive, especially with an opening series like they had. You know, maybe you were under a rock or you didn't know about it, but the Texas State <laughs> Bobcats in that first opening series, they scored over 26 runs. Um, you know, they, I mean... Oh, sorry, 24 runs on Sunday, 20 runs on Saturday, and 12 runs on Friday of their opening series against Northwestern. And, I mean, this team knows how to start it off explosively. And the one player you have to look at is Jose Gonzalez. Right now he is toted as one of the best hitters in the entire country. Leads the team in ERAs, I mean, sorry, RBIs, hits, you know, doubles, home runs. This is the guy on the team right now. And, I mean, they have been resilient. They did have a series loss against Oral Roberts last weekend, and that was where they went, you know, 2-1. and one, I mean, sorry, 1-2 and two over the weekend. But you see big performances in Incarnate Ward. Jose Gonzalez homered against them. Um, you know, Dalen Pena also stepping up big with a, you know, grand slam homer. Um, so, you know, it's this team is really doing impressive things. They just got done with the Sam Houston State game on Wednesday where they won six to two. That game really wasn't a home run affair. It was actually a pretty close game. Um, we saw a lot of pitching rotations because these are non-conference opponents. But guys, this baseball team, I mean, we know what they did last year getting far in the tournament with Stanford. Is this the beginning of a team that could be as good this year? I mean, definitely, especially coming off of last season and just like the start of this season. And I'm glad you brought it up, Justin, about the the non like the the lack of home run hitting in the Sam Houston game, but they still were able to win. That was one of the things we talked about on the last episode of BCR that 
Texas, the Texas State Bobcats needed to find a way to put points on the board without the long ball. I mean, because it's just like home runs just aren't as sustainable as just getting solid hits, getting on base. So that was one thing they needed to work on. And Coach Trout had them hitting the ball great. And so I think they'll definitely have their hands full this next series against Grand Canyon because that's a team who has the same record as them but has wins against the number two team in the nation, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And they have sw- they swept Ohio State in their city, uh, Ohio State and Gonzaga, actually. In the, in the series that they faced them in. So Grand Canyon, it might not be a school that everyone's heard of, but it's definitely a school that is pretty good at baseball this season. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean, you know, that's going to be a tough series ahead of them for sure. But what they have to look at is the season that they have had. Um, I had the honor of calling that last game with Kyle and actually a no-hitter after the second inning from their bullpen. Five pitches were pitched, uh, not including the starter, and the starter was the only person who gave up a hit, which, I mean, is absolutely crazy. crazy. And, we, yeah, we, we talked about it before the game. Um, you know, this Bobcat this Bobcat team, their the whole season, their problem has never been their hitting. You know, you mentioned that Jose Gonzalez, in my opinion, one of the best players in college baseball right now. And, you know, that's my unbiased opinion. Look at the stats. The guy's batting over 500, you know, and, you know, the more games we play, we're now eight games into the season. That's not, you know, such a skewed number anymore. That looks legit. That is a legit number. And so if the Bobcats, you know, to keep it brief, if the Bobcats are able to pitch the way that they pitched last game, this is one of the best teams in the country. Absolutely. And I think they are well on their way to displaying that throughout the rest of the season with a shout out. Like you said, against Sam Houston, a shout out with Dalen Pena and Peyton Lewis. They hit a pair of RBIs to add to that 6-2 victory against Sam Houston on Wednesday. And like you said, Orlando, they have a three-game series starting today at 7 o'clock against Grand Canyon University in Phoenix, Arizona. But we're going to zoom out a little bit from San Marcos and kind of take a look at what's going on around the NBA. As we know, it's playoff time. And the Western Conference is an absolute bloodbath right now. We are the number three through 13 seeds. They're practically switching spots every night. So, guys, who do you think is going to take, let's say, the play-in, the last four spots, four spots of the play-in? Who do you guys have? Well, you know, the play-in, I'm pretty sure that's the ninth and tenth seed, correct? Correct. It's, you know, right now we're looking at the Jazz in the West and the ninth seed and the Pelicans at the tenth seed, and I really love the Pels. You know, I really love these teams like the Pelicans and Memphis Grizzlies, these lower market teams really showing up in the Western Conference. One team I do not want to see is the Los Angeles Lakers, <laughs> and just for good reason. Now, you know, we can get into the next segment. I don't want to mention Russell Westbrook too prematurely, but, you know, I think um, these Clippers are going to drop a lot. They're in the seventh seed right now, and they've been on a falling, you know, trajectory. They went from the fourth seed to the seventh seed, and they might be going down, as, you know, even farther. So, you know, I really want to see the Pelicans win in the in the play-in because I really love this team. I know Laurie Markkinen and the Jazz, they've been doing some really good things, but I really want to see them. Now, if I'm looking at the Eastern Conference here, you got Raptors and Wizards, ninth and tenth seed. I mean, who really cares about those teams? No, I'm just kidding. Um, Pascal Siakam on the Raptors. I mean, I want this guy to get some recognition. He's been really on this team alone for a while. Fred Van Vliet, he stepped up and led on this team as well. So want to see something good from them. You know, Chris Tapps Porzingis on the Wizards. Who forgot about that unicorn? I did. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's really what I want to see. I want to see the Raptors. I want to see the Bulls, actually, somehow get into the ninth seed and get into the play and, and, and win it. But we, we're still far. We're still a bit away. Yeah, we got some time in April, March and April there. 
Oh, yeah, for sure. And that, as someone who does want the Lakers to make the playoffs, <laughs> I feel like it's kind of just all going to be dependent on whether LeBron comes back fully, like, as well as he sh- as well as he needs to uh, after this foot injury. Or not it, because we all know how LeBron is in his body. He comes back 100% every time. It's just going to be what can the Lakers do in his absence. Um, I mean, ever since Anthony Davis got there after that first championship, they've been kind of begging him to, like, take the reins from LeBron and kind of take over and be that leader of the team. And so he just has not done that. And that's, that's, in my opinion, the reason why the Lakers have been struggling so much, even with Russell Westbrook. I feel like Anthony Davis is just... He's got to be if he 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 has the ability to play like Giannis or somebody who's like one of the best players in the league. He just doesn't have that dog in him mentally. So I just if we can get that out of him, the Lakers can definitely make some noise in LeBron's absence. But we haven't seen it yet, so we don't know. Yeah, I agree, Orlando. I think that's one big part of it is getting the dog out of him, but as well as staying healthy. You know, if you want to be the guy for your team. You have to be a guy on the team, you know, on the court. You got to be playing. Um, And that's not what we've seen from Anthony Davis, honestly, since he joined the Lakers. Um, But, you know, I'm a Rockets fan, so I can't really be talking. We're not even close to playing in that playing game. It's so good to find another Rockets fan on staff. (laughs) I didn't know there was another one. I thought it was just me. Yeah, I thought it was all just Luka fans, honestly. um, Bandwagon. That's just Paxson. (laughs) Yeah, it is. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, despite I'm a Rockets fan, but I mean, I'd like to see the Lakers in there. You know, they have more notable players than the Pelicans and the Jazz uh, together, you know. But if in terms of who we're talking about can win more games in the playoffs, you know, I definitely have to give that one to the Jazz at the ninth seed. Um, yeah. But what I want to say, though, before we move on is what you said about Anthony Davis. I don't know if you guys heard in the famous words of Reggie Miller on air on TNT, he said Every time Anthony Davis wheezes or like winces in pain, it's three weeks. <laughs> and it really is three weeks. And like, like Charles Barkley calls them street clothes, I'm going to tell y'all, I've been going on rants about AD since last year. I used to put it on my story. He's t- I don't know how he made top 75 all time. He's probably top five most injured player I've ever met. I mean, the guy, I don't know if he needs to start eating broccoli. You know, <laughs> what can he do to get his bones proper or get himself into shape? But, yeah, Anthony Davis, you know, he really needs to stay healthy. This Lakers team wants a chance. Yeah. And, then, you know, but, yeah, I could go off about the Lakers, but I'm going to let Thomas <laughs> take it away. Yeah, I, you knew as soon as you said what you said that I was going to have something to say. <laughs> Unfortunately, I do not have all the time in the world to go off about it. But I will say that. In any world of sports, any sport that you play, the best ability is availability. And mm-hmm. Anthony Davis has not displayed that necessarily. Now, when he has played, I will tell you, he has been extremely dominant yeah. when he has played. This is statistically his best season since the cha- since the Lakers won the 2020 NBA championship. So if they can continue to do that, if they can get D'Angelo Russell back out, out of that ankle sprain, I believe they will be able to make some noise because with players like Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, you got guys like Wynn Gabriel stepping up. You have guys like Muhammad Bamba. Troy Brown, you know, this team, when they're healthy, they can be cohesive and work together and they can play some good basketball. Obama can shoot now, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, did you see Jaron Jackson actually is uh, the father of Anthony Davis now after that dunk? Oh, my. Okay. That was actually a crazy <laughs> dunk. But That's, that was literally got what got him injured, I think. Offensive <laughs> foul. Offensive <laughs> foul. Anthony Davis was boxing now. That was over the back. But, <laughs> I mean, you're, you go, you're right. The best ability is availability and – and definitely shout out to Jared Vanderbilt because that first game he played, I mean, that man was everywhere. He, I mean, he was the the spark that the Lakers needed that day. So if he can continue playing like that, definitely they can make some noise when everyone comes back healthy. Yep. 
Yeah, well, you know, this has been a spectacular show talking about sports, but now we are going to throw it to Justin to give us our weather update. Yes, it's me, Justin. You're, you know, you're really rusty and trusty weatherman here. Now, we live in the state of Texas, so take everything I say with a grain of salt. (laughs) But, you know, let's talk about the weather right now. I mean, last night you did get some rain around 10 o'clock and the night prior. It may have sounded like a a jet engine was outside your window with the amount of hail hitting it. But guys, right now it's pretty sunny outside. It's going to be clear skies for the remainder of the weekend. You're going to have highs around 83. That's going to be the peak of the weekend on Saturday. But today, high of 76, a low of 40. 47 towards the end of the night but guess what zero percent chance of rain today five percent tomorrow and nine percent on sunday so thomas it's looking like a dry weekend and a good weekend to go out and hoop and play sports absolutely and that is all the time we have for today's episode but don't fret because we'll have you covered again with bobcat and rattler sports next week on our monday edition of bobcat radio if you enjoyed this episode of bobcat radio and want to continue hearing our iconic voices then make sure you keep up with us by following us at ktsw sports on twitter instagram and spotify also, don't forget to tune in to this weekend's slate of San Marcos High School men's basketball, both men's and women's Texas State basketball, and Texas State softball and baseball. I mean, it's just sports all around here. That's amazing. From David Castaneda, Orlando Smart, and our wonderful producer, Justin Brown, I'm Thomas Terry wishing you a happy Friday, and thank you for listening to this edition of Bobcat Radio. Now let's get you back to the other side of radio.